Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and your overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Gratefully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in a building, rocking and rolling for another episode. And I am not by myself today. We do have a guest with us today. I'm excited to talk about her, hear her story. I know she's going to have so many healing gems to help us with. Today, we have in a building with us, Amber Bradbury. Amber, what's going on today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well. I cannot complain. Hanging in there. It's a little rainy, little dreary day here on the East Coast, as I'm sure you're aware of with you being on the East Coast as well. Same here. Yeah, just trying, just trying to get through it. So I'm happy that we finally had the opportunity to connect. I know we've exchanged communication via social media. What a wonderful place that is to be able to connect it us and, and connect the dots and allow us the opportunity to find community and people who are maybe going through similar journeys and, and battles and obstacles for, for failures and for wins. I think it's important to, to highlight both. So when you were willing to come on the show, I thought it'd be great. You have a phenomenal book that I, I'm excited to hear more about and, and also share with the audience. So from a grief standpoint, let's kind of walk into that. Where did grief really meet you? You know what? I was thinking about that today. And the first experience I had with death was when I was three or four and it was my mom's, one of her friends, boyfriends, and um, maybe like a week before he, he was shot and killed, um, he was gonna take me to Six Flags and we had a really great connection. And, and I just remember like when I found out he died, I was like devastated, you know, I was, I was like four. Um, but I just remember I was like inconsolable and I didn't, go to his funeral. So I picked out this rose and I was like, can you please make sure it's in his casket? And um, so that really stuck with me and it was something that I've never forgotten. Yeah, that's a young age to to, to be introduced yeah. to grief. I think a lot of us have come across many people who actually haven't really experienced grief in a complicated way yet to date. It's actually shocking when I hear that. I'm like, really, you haven't experienced anyone in your immediate family or a close friend or anything like that. So that's a pretty young age for you to have to have experienced loss. Now, fast forwarding and moving through, I know one of the ways that we have connected on social media was just exchanging some of the story about the unfortunate passing of your mother. And so mm-hmm. I kind of want to get into that because I think we're getting a little bit closer to Mother's Day. I know there's a lot of people maybe like yourself. I lost my grandmother. So this is a tough time as well. And just going into that. So talking about the experience, but then, of course, highlighting and showing how we've been able to overcome on this journey. So what was that experience like for you to, to lose your mother so young? I, I think you're young. I don't know your age, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you look you look young. So I'm 36. So um, so she died in 2013. So I what was I? 27. Um, so she was a victim of a homicide. And that night, I just remember I was laying in bed. Um, that day wasn't the best day. I I was working for this doctor and my kids who were enrolled in summer school, one wasn't. So I had to actually bring him to work. 
she was so mad that I brought him to work, but he just sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, like this lady's so mean. What am I going to do? Like, I, I can't work here anymore. So I was just like in bed thinking about that. And um, so the doorbell rings and it's, it's the police and, and they ask, um, you know, if I'm Yvonne Hogan's daughter. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, like I've seen movies where they're like, can we come in? I'm like, okay. And they asked me to sit down. And as soon as they asked me to sit down, I knew it was bad news. And, you know, they said that she was involved in an altercation and they tried to save her, but, you know, she, she died. And I just like ran out of the room. I was like screaming and, you know, you just, I, you don't know how to process that. It's your whole world is just changed. And, um, so I think the first thing I did was call my great uncle who just passed away last week. Um, I called him and we were just trying to call her phone to see if, if it was true, if she was, if that was really her, but you know, she never answered. So that's, that's what happened. I can only imagine how difficult yeah. that was that moment, mm -hmm. especially having a bad day leading up to it. And then the unimaginable literally knocked on your door and just trying to pivot from that and being able to move through it, I can assure you that I'm pretty sure that was a pretty difficult experience for you. Do you mind explaining a little bit maybe what happened as far as the altercation? I know we, we exchanged a message before and we talked about maybe something happening with the neighbor or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, it, it was difficult to figure out what exactly happened, but um, what I was able to piece together was um, her neighbor had recently moved into the building and she, she kind of befriended her. Um, she had mental issues, the woman. And I think after that, my mom was kind of like, you know, I, I can't really, I can't be friends with her. You know, she's, she's unstable mentally. And she, I guess, was knocking on my mom's door. And my mom went to her door to tell her to, you know, to stop knocking on her door. And from there is when she grabbed a knife and just, as my mom was walking away, just stabbed her. And yeah, it, it's, it was, it's just devastating. And um, I know that there was someone there who tried to help, but she said, you know, if you come near me, I'm going to stab you too. So nobody could do anything. And um her friend who lived on the second floor, third floor, actually came down. She heard what was going on and she was able to be there with my mom while my mom died. And thank, you know, I thank God for her because at least she didn't die alone. Wow. So a couple yeah. of things. I'm definitely, definitely sorry to, to hear that. And it's horrific, horrific for sure. Absolutely. When we exchanged that message, it's interesting because I assumed that it was a male neighbor. I don't know what it was, but when you said she, it kind of took me back because when you said that, it, and that's a bias, I think that's a bias that we can yes. have to think that I wouldn't even think that a woman would have done something like that to, to another woman. I guess that's just, again, our ignorance and just what we put in our minds and make up that story. So that's even more shocking to me to, to hear that it was actually 
a woman because we do find that companionship sometimes and you can befriend people and be friendly and, and not actually know. That's a, that's a tough thing. One thing I'm noticing, too, if, if it's OK for me to say it, is that you say died a lot. Like you've said my mom died and she was there with when my mom died. And you said that when I've said that to people, sometimes it makes them feel a little uncomfortable. Is that like a by choice? Do you feel most comfortable saying it that way versus passed away or the incident or did you never really recognize until right I now? guess I didn't think about that yeah <laughs> I, I respect um, it I respect it let's yeah. just make that clear oh well thank you no I guess I never really thought about it um you know I know well especially with children you have to use you can't use euphemisms and you know I know people listening are, are adults but I mean you know it, it was a horrific thing and you know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because, like I said before, I'll say things like, yeah, they died. And people are like, I mean, I guess it can kind of be a little off putting, but I think it's it's the reality. It's the reality of, of what happened. It's it's not really a way to sugarcoat that, especially mm-hmm. when it is so horrific when you lose people or even sudden and in shocking ways. It's like they died. They're dead. Yes, that is the word. And I think it I think it makes it more. To me, anyway, it it makes it more real and it has allowed me to accept it a little bit better because it's it's. I don't know if it's like a synonym or it just coincides the best with my experience with loss because it is so like mm, like just right in your face, just gut punch. So anyway, I didn't mean to derail our story based on my my observation there. That is okay, And, you know, our culture So what I've really come to realize is we're obsessed with violence and and trauma when when we see it on TV. It's, you know, in in the media and music. But when it happens in real life, it's like nobody knows what to do. They're like, but yet we see it every day, every day. You know, you, you look on the news. The first thing you look at is something horrific. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely another way to look at it. So so we have a 27-year-old woman. She just lost her mother. Where does she go from here? Oh, man. <laughs> you, wow, you, you yeah. Know, yeah, so, I, I'm sorry. I'm just was, over for flowing. I'm just curious. I mean, it was just such a hectic time in my life because I, I was a single mom of two. My son was, I think, five. My daughter was three. So I didn't know how to talk to them about death, let alone my mom and what happened. Um, So I don't think I told them for at least a week or two um, because I didn't really have support. So I was busy trying to also, I had to go to her apartment and go through all of that. And it was just really traumatic. So you have siblings? uh, no, I'm the only child. So it was just me. Yeah, just me. Um, which is why it's also important for people, no matter how old you are, to create a will and, you know, let let your loved ones know what you want to happen when you die. Because I had no, I didn't know. I didn't know what my mom wanted. I just did what I thought she would want, which in the end I know was the best thing. But she wasn't prepared for that. I mean, she was 49, so... Wow, that's really young. That is really young. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's really young, and I think that's very important. And we talked about that not too long ago, just the importance of having our affairs in order and making sure that people in our lives know because it is an added burden. But at, to the same time, when you're 49, you're not really thinking unless you maybe have some sort of illness or things like that. You're not really thinking that, hey, today's the day or my time is coming soon. And it, and it can be pretty scary to think about. So I do understand why we don't speak about it. But I hope if nothing else, we see as of late, things are so unpredictable and we can continue to to do that. So you said that you didn't have support. How how have you been able to move through the journey and just get to where you are, are now, where you were able to, to write a book? Yes. So um, what ended up happening was my uncle, my mom's brother, he he said, you know what, why don't you and the kids move with us? And and at the time I lived in New Jersey and my mom lived in New Jersey um, and, and they lived in California. So my dad, he, he came, we packed up a U-Haul, we drove across country to California. And that's really where I had so much support. And I was able to go back to college and my kids were at my aunt's daycare. So it was really a great experience. And that's where I was able to heal because... I was able, you know, I started photography, nature photography, and that's, I think that's really when, when I started healing. Yeah, I have heard great things about nature and, and our healing process and just being able to change the scenery, literally, and, and to, yeah. to, to lean into that. So that's great that you were able to get that support. You had to make that big move. I think it's important there that you were willing to do it because there are some people who are stubborn. And we do kind of shut down and we get set in our ways. And so even if on the other side of that change could be healing or could be a better opportunity for us, maybe we don't do it. So kudos to you. And I, and I think that's awesome that you were willing Thank to step you. out there and do that for yourself and for your children. If there's one thing that you want people to know about the bereaved experience, especially losing a mother, what would that be? I think just that it, it's always there, you know, like that the grief is always with you. And we just have to find ways to keep our loved ones alive. And I think that's really where my book came from. Just wanting to keep my mom, my grandmothers, my great grandmothers, their legacies alive. And I think that's that's an important aspect of a bereavement is what is it called? The continuing bonds. I love that the continuing bonds It's kind of like the tangible aspect of that relationship is no longer, but in the intangible, it can, if we allow ourselves, I think if I'm being completely honest, that's one of the more difficult challenges for me sometimes is trying to live through memories and just like keep it going when I feel so, it feels so final and it feels hard to dig that that way. Some days it's, it's a lot easier, but there are moments where it's tough. So I do think a book like that. What's the title of the book? Let's talk about it. Oh, it's called If Grandma Were Here, A Book of Memories. So let me see. There. Oh. Nice, nice, nice. Love that. <laughs> love that. I am a sucker for my grandma. That's my heart. So whenever <laughs> uh-huh. I hear anything like that, it's awesome. So did you write it with your children in mind or just kind of just any young child dealing with loss? Well, you know, I think it it really stemmed from me just being places and seeing grandmothers with their grandkids. And I'm like, man, if my mom was here, she would be doing this with them or if my grandmother's here. So I think that's where it came from. But just one day I was sitting on my couch and if grandma were here, popped in my head and I just 
got a pen and paper and, and just wrote it down. And, and that's really, I think it was like already written because I, it wasn't difficult to do. It just came out and, and that's where it came from, I think. That's awesome. We'll definitely make sure that we link that we link to it and make sure that our audience can get a copy if they would like to. I myself personally will will get a copy of it and just make sure that we can support you in that way. So I always like to ask my guests this question. If you had to choose a color for your grief, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. Hmm. Didn't mean, didn't mean to stump you. Yes, a color. <laughs> Sometimes I, I make it a little more challenging. And I say you can't use black, but it is a reality that some of our grief does feel dark and, and colorless. Maybe I would say red because love, you know, grief, grief is love. If you're grieving someone, you love them. Yeah, that is, that is true. That is true. And I think I'm curious, actually, I don't want to say what I think when you make that statement and we say that grieving and has to do with love have you ever felt scared to to love hard because of the fact that you lost your mother at a young age? Like if you love someone too much and if you're too close and you have this relationship when they pass away, when they die, it's going to be extremely detrimental versus if you keep them at a distance and you're like, mm, it may not hurt as much. Or is that silly? No, I don't think that. I think it's made me want to be closer to the ones I love because we don't know when when someone's going to not be here anymore. Um, our time is precious. And I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but three years after my mom died, um, my grandparents were in a car accident and my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, she died. And so that, that was another, just like a detrimental loss, um, especially because it, you know, it wasn't something that we saw coming and, you know, just her loss as well really made me cherish those around me that's a lot that's a lot back to back for sure and that is a big yeah. lesson it's a big lesson i think we can say it a lot i've been guilty of that like hey life's short it's precious let's love our people do all these things and then i don't know that i'm always doing the best i can with that at the same time i have to give myself grace it's like i'm sure you as well like we all do have a lot going on so we do try our best but I think that's very true. I think the same thing for me. I try to love people more because of that exact reason that we don't know. Try to find forgiveness as, as much as possible. Yes. Do you think that's something that you've been able to find as far as the woman that took your mother's life or are you still working on that or? No, no. Um, I was able to forgive her because um, I just know she was failed somewhere in her life and I can't hold on to that anger. It's it's not going to bring my mom back and and my mom wouldn't have held on to anger either. And she also um the the woman her name was Ebony. She she died in jail maybe like a year and a half later of heart failure. And she was in her 20s. So yeah, yeah. It was I was just like in shock when I heard it. I'm like, "What?" So you know, I had to let that go. She, she's gone. She's no longer here. That is, that's deep. That definitely yeah. is a, quite the turn of events that that would, that that would happen. I don't know what to make of that. I think it's, we're having this on a spot conversation. So I would have to process <laughs> something like that, but yeah. it's like, 
Wow. I mean, it's your real life, but it's something that you couldn't really write. Like how, like in your 20s, no. like how could that just happen after such a horrific thing? And, and like you said, I mean, that's admirable that you're able to say that she was failed also somewhere down the line. I don't know that we all have the capacity or the depth in our depth in our hearts and our minds to be able to look at things from that perspective, especially when we, when we could potentially feel robbed. Oh, definitely. And, and of course, you know, I, I, I was angry. I was angry for a long time, but you know, I, I just realized you can't, I can't go back and change it. It's, it's done. And, and she's no longer here, you know, and luckily I didn't have to go to, to any of the court dates. And, you know, that, that was also would have been another layer of torment. To was that to because, hear. was that because she passed away? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yep. Cause the time and it probably would have been worse. She would have mm-hmm. had like a trial. Okay. So there were, I, I think there were like a lot of little pre trials and she wasn't her date yet, which I, you know, I don't really know how it, how it works. I didn't go through the process, but you know, I, I would get letters and they would say like, she has a court date this day. It's a pre-trial. So. Wow. So I, I, w- <laughs> I would say that, Hey, that's, uh, uh, I want to be mindful and not say that, well, thank God you didn't have to because at the cost of someone else's life, but if we're going to talk about grief and we're going to talk about how challenging the journey can be, I always want to try to highlight some of those like small little pockets of, of joy or like, whoo, just little senses of relief, especially when you're dealing with loss. So I would consider that one of them and just making sure. So if you had to offer, if, if you had to offer any advice to someone, it doesn't have to be someone that specifically lost a mother or dealt with tragedy, but just maybe who feels like, is this ever going to get better? What would you maybe say to them? Hmm. Would it get better? I I mean, it's really hard to say, does it get better? I mean, but then there's days where, you know, you're, you're really feeling it. And some people say time heals all, but I don't, I don't because, you know, I'm, I'm still hurting. It, It still hurts. And but, but I would also be mindful that grief is a process and, and there's, you're not alone, especially in talked about, I mean, on Instagram, I found a wonderful community of lots of people talk to you and support you. So I would really recommend finding your community yeah, I love that. Finding a community online is, is very important. If you can't find it in your actual like community, then yeah. online is definitely an option for us. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I definitely want to make sure that we go into our In Love and Memory segment, which is very important to me to try yeah. to highlight and humanize some of our loved ones that have gone on. And so with having Amber on the show today, I want to give our In Love and Memory segment out to Yvonne Hogan. Viola Mitchell, Priscilla Hogan, Martha Parker, Regina Morgan, and Travis Parker. And I 
want to just send my love from the Grief Holy Podcast to yourself, to your family, that you continue to find healing on this journey and may your loved ones continue to rest well. I think it's important because sometimes it could feel like people have forgotten or different things like that. And so we want to make sure that we show love to your angels. I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show and for us being able to have the opportunity to sit down and, and talk about it. And you're brave. You're really brave. I mean, maybe you've talked about it frequently, so it's not as like, oh, this is kind of like a lot. But I, I think you did a phenomenal job and, and shared a lot of a lot of good things for us. Where can we where can we find your book? I'm going to make a link, but I want to make sure you can tell everyone where to find it and what to expect from you next. I think there's another one in the works or maybe it's already done. Grandma, we're here dot com. OK, if grandma were here dot com and then you're working on. If grandpa were here, if grandpa were here. OK, gotcha. Just want to make sure we repeated that for the audience and they can make sure they know where it is. I'll put the link to that. You can just make sure we can find it because I think it's awesome. And I think it's pretty cool that you wrote a book and you're going to write another one. And it's like you said, just doing something that your loved ones would be proud of and and continue to go on this journey. Guys, if you are watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. If you're listening to the audio, leave us a review. We want to continue to have these conversations, sharing these healing gems and, and making sure that our stories are heard and that we can find power. And if we heard a lot today about forgiveness and just, picking something bigger than yourself to keep moving and finding support. I think that was a big message too, that we talked about here. If you are not already, what are you doing? Make sure you follow me over on Instagram. Feel free to send me messages. Let me know what you're thinking. And uh, yeah, we can go from there. So follow me there at I underscore AM underscore Jane Nicole guys. So next time you already know, love and light. Peace. Peace.